listening to the Enneagram and Liz podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about celebrating well together, an anniversary episode. I am so glad we're covering a positive topic today. Let me tell you, I have had a shocking afternoon. I thought it was going to be a simple time. One of the things, as you know, is a growth point for a seven is to go to one, the organized side. And I had an organized afternoon set up and lo and behold, I had a lot of people calling for marriage services, emergent marriage services today. And that is unusual for me. I haven't had a day like this, wow, since way before COVID. So this is so weird how we're like predating everything. But (laughs) that being said... I am really glad that my afternoon was ready for service so I could work on that with people and get them to, in most cases this time, the local therapist. Because sometimes people say, I want to work with somebody who's sitting right in front of me. And I totally get that. And I don't take any more clients in person, but I do have some that I've been seeing already and they're solid with me. But I do have a staff for that. So that took up my afternoon and it reminded me Wow, we are so blessed. If you're doing great right now in your marriage or good, then consider yourself very blessed. And if you're not doing so great right now, then don't think you're alone because a lot of people are struggling. And sometimes I get calls that aren't quite so emergent. And they're just people who are like, we are struggling to a degree and we want some help either in person or online. Make sure you know help is out there, even if it's a big struggle or if you're just like, this is great. I love listening to this podcast because we get our marriage maintenance, we get our goals checked. And this episode is all about celebrating well. So I was actually still like, yay, I'm really excited to still do it. I wasn't exhausted by the thought of it. I do have my Southern sweet tea next to me. I won't lie. I am having a fun afternoon treat of sweet tea and pretzels and I was going to have Cheetos, but I decided I didn't want to self-sabotage because sometimes those make me sleepy. Doesn't mean I never have a treat like Cheetos, but it's like, you know what? It's like three o'clock when I'm recording this. So no, I'm not going to do this. We are going to be functional. And if I eat Cheetos, it will be late at night when nobody sees me. And that's how my husband is with his sneaks of treats. His is in the morning before he goes to work. Because apparently if you eat chocolate cake in the morning as a type one, it never really happened. So as we get started, I wanted to let you guys know a couple things are in the works. This is one of those episodes where I feel like I have quite a few things to say. And I really want to make sure you know them too, because there's some good ones here. Next week, we are going to be having the type three episode, which you have been waiting for. It's been in the vault and everything's happened. So I felt like I needed to cover every single little base with my six wing on other topics. And I feel ready to present this episode and it came back by request. So it's back. You get to hear Olivia's lovely voice and I've been missing her. And actually as another announcement, Most people lost a job during quarantine, but Olivia actually got recruited for a full-time job during quarantine, so I'm not sure what our podcasting together is going to look like. So I'm giving her some time and space to figure that out, and as I only work part-time, I am not able to offer her a full-time job at this point in my life because a part-time job is what works with me and my kids. So I love her so much. I'm definitely going to have her back on as a guest 
but I'm not sure she'll be co-hosting with me anymore because a full-time job is a lot and I think it's a great, great field that she's in now, so we'll see. So I'm not in denial as a seven. I know there's a very real possibility she won't be working with me anymore, but I'm also really happy for her and we are all gonna celebrate her. We already told her, my staff, Glenda got a new backyard set up beautiful lanai and we're going to all go over there and have a party with olivia also want to let you know that not yet but soon i'm opening up my online cart virtually again with a great summer special similar to the one i ran last year and only run once a year because it's a great time for me to get a vision for who i'm going to be working with ahead as i wrap up with couples from the summer and it offers me that chance to plan i do it at a very discounted rate off of my normal rate. So check that out. You'll see it in your inbox soon. If you're looking to start up, I can have a few couples start with me and I will hopefully get to meet you then if you're in need of services. But I also have one more announcement if you can believe it. I know it's a crazy week. The last one is that we have a contest right now and it's our next contest in our Summer of Love series and it's about anniversaries and celebrations. So I'm asking you to tell me at IG or in the DMs or replying to the emails we send every Monday to let me know or in a voice memo how you guys celebrated sometime that was really special and romantic or creative. And I'm going to select one of you to win one of my relationship workbooks and also a set of prints from Elisa Taylor Designs with your Enneagram types. And you can download them immediately. As you probably saw on my Instagram stories or in the email, she was selling those this past weekend and ongoing is selling them too. If you just want to get some prints for you or for you and your spouse or your mate or your family. But this contest is so fun because you get the prints for free. You can download them yourselves immediately. And you also get either PDF copy for an immediate download or a physical copy of my workbook. So make sure you enter the contest this week. I'm looking forward to hearing your great stories about how you love to celebrate in your relationship. This is huge. I love to hear your Enneagram type too. And you can also, like I said, even send me a voice memo. And if you're chosen, then your name will be shared on our podcast. So make sure you're not too shy for that. And I will look forward to letting you guys know in two weeks who the winner of that contest is. You actually have a good week and a half. It's going to be over on July 4th, 4th of July. And that way I can monitor who was playing along and we can move forward with 4th of July fun at that point. So that was definitely a lot of announcements. It felt very 70, but this was just one of those weeks, to be honest, where it all came together in that perfect storm anyway. It was literally summer solstice yesterday, our wedding anniversary, Father's Day, Elisa Taylor's birthday. And, and Elisa's the one who did the designs. If you didn't catch that, you're probably like, who's Elisa Taylor? But it was just one of those huge weeks for us as friends and family and mompreneurs and our anniversary and you guys were celebrating Father's Day too. So I hope, hope, hope you had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. I know sometimes holidays can be stressful because you're seeing people you don't usually see. So I know it might not have been ideal, but I hope it was great still. And it's not too late to celebrate if you need to make up for something that you missed out. If your spouse said, oh man, I really wanted this. It gives you an idea for next time or for a redo. So that's the beautiful thing about relationships as we talk about celebrating well together, that we can always learn from the things we did not do well. 
And frankly, I talk with couples quite a bit about that because as you can imagine, Mother's Days get missed a lot, Father's Days. A lot of times women feel like they're better at that and better at planning. And it's really something that is true. Many times women are better at these things or more emotionally wired. So they have certain expectations for these days. So I want you to be open about those expectations, clear, but also kind, because you do have to give people room to shift and to grow and to learn with you. And that's the cool thing about being married for a long time is you get better and better and better at it. I know one of the things my husband did years ago was buy me appliances for Christmas. And his mom said, you don't do that for a woman. You never do that. So it's become a joke. And this last anniversary, he actually started out with two pot holders. And so I was like, what? And then the kids ran off and he was like, that was a gag gift. But it was really funny because it's a live and learn. And then there are the women who are the anomalies and the men who are like, I absolutely want that. And it's so fun to see all the different personality types at play. So I really definitely want you to know this is a live and learn kind of experience. And it's very much that you cannot look at the couple next door or your parents or your siblings marriages and say, but they like this. It really does not matter. It only matters what you guys like. And there's a really cool quote I wanted to read you guys that I think applies to marriage too by Brian Tracy, which reminds me of how we do things like this. Winners make a habit of manufacturing their own positive expectations in advance of the event. So what that quote means to me about marriage is that you plan well for the celebrations in your life together and you make sure that you look at it as a positive versus let me give you a negative way to look at the upcoming anniversary. That would be more like, I plan everything. You never plan anything. I've already been throwing out hints for you. I don't think you're going to do what I want. You're really difficult. You're always thinking of yourself. These are ways that you can ensure your anniversary or your celebration is not going to be good. But a way to be a winner in your relationship and to have success and sex is to to say, you know what? I know we're going to have a great time in advance of the event. I'm going to be making that habit of making my own positive expectations about it. And I want you to use your personality type when you do that too, because I have to plan when we're having our time away at the Florida Keys instead of New York or Colorado, which I'm so grateful that we're opening back up as a state and we can have a quiet week together after all of my husband's work during quarantine. I'm so excited that he was the only doctor in his practice, and he's a PA actually, to stay there and to work in person. Everybody else went virtual. So I'm so excited that he and I get a time with our kids to totally chillax and go to the Keys. But I had to remind myself, even if somebody did come down, since he is still working with patients with sickness, I had to let my six wing know, you know what, it's going to be a great time even if we're just resting in quarantine. So it really is something that you have to work out ahead of time and say, we're going to have a good time because I'm going to make sure that I do my own mental work so that I am positive and relaxing and also thinking of others. So when you're celebrating well, remember you're really celebrating your marriage, you're celebrating each other. And it's not just about you. I also want to let you know, as we think about celebrating together, there's other things besides just having that negative impression or the negative forecast that can make it a lot harder. There's also the issue that 
sometimes you feel like we're just too incompatible. I've learned this about my spouse. I don't want to try anymore because when I really had to look at my marriage squarely in the face, I saw, wow, we just don't get along. We're just too different. Why should we celebrate? It's hard enough being together. And I want to let you know that just about every couple goes through this. After the honeymoon phase of marriage is over, there are stresses and problems that you go through. And because of this longevity you're putting in together, I don't know if you remember that book, Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas, but there's so many marriage books over time that have really pronounced the same thing. And this is a Christian who's a theologian. But I want to let you know, this is the top marriage researchers who are not faith-based also saying, after you marry and the honeymoon season wears off, you have to put in hard work no matter who you are. So don't let that stop you from celebrating just because you feel like we're different and it's hard work. It's actually going to bring so much more joy, not only by putting the best expectations forward about your times together, but it's also really important that you acknowledge that your differences make you guys a better team and it gives the people that you affect a better union. There are so many studies that actually tell us this, that the people who show up best at work and advance the most are the people who act as one flesh when they're at home, who are united as a team with the different giftings going practically, and then they have more to give when they get to work. So of course you need that factor of conscientiousness, but you also need to realize that you're going to bring your A game when you're thinking positively in terms of your differences and realizing that you have more to offer because of that. I know couples who say, let me pass through everything that you write to your boss through me so that I can spell and grammar check you to the spouse who's maybe a more gifted salesperson, but not as good with the writing side of things. There are so many aspects and angles that those teams that feel very different might say, gosh, this is too much. We can't celebrate. We can't enjoy. We shouldn't be married when those are the very things that really are worth celebrating about you guys. So don't forget that. Recently, I picked up a book on my dad's birthday and I'm looking at it in my office today. It's a book called Therese Rakin by Emile Zola. And my dad recommended it as the number one book to read in terms of classic literature. And I was so surprised, and I don't know if this was just end-of-life stuff for him to be reflecting back, because it just wasn't his typical Dickens or Faulkner or Hemingway reference. It was something out of the ordinary, and he's like, it's from an Emile Zola movie, and, and it was made, and it's a really good study on the ancient personality types, and you and Wes should really look into this. And this was a few years ago. We took him to Starbucks, and we did a top 20 classic books talk with him and he gave us all of his journey through literature and through Boston College and a master's degree and teaching it for all those years at the college and high school level and that one was not expected but I actually decided on his birthday like I said this year to read it and it was really surprising at first it was dark and I was thinking okay dad this is your cryptic side coming out to haunt me a little bit here because I'm a seven and this is like really heavy and sad and at first the 
affair in the book because it's all about a couple who really has two varying personality types and one of them's a sanguine and they go into all of those types the hippocrates ancient typing system and the melancholy and the cleric and the phlegmatic etc they don't really talk in terms of all of them but they do say sanguine and there's this deep personality study of each character so that's why he recommended it but then this affair comes in and that's why i was like dad like why are you recommending this book because they really make the affair to be this wonderful thing and then they make the people who are having the affair decide to kill the person who is not, I hope I'm not spoiling it for anyone who's like, no, I have to read it, but I don't think he will. But if you do, it might still be worth your time. I am going to spoil it warning though. So they end up deciding to kill that person and to make sure that they get to unite forever. But here's where the redeeming value was and why I was ultimately so glad I pushed through the pain and kept reading because it got so dark. But then, yes, it stayed dark. And and dad as an eight was very good about saying, hey, this is what can happen. But and he had walked through a lot of painful storms in his marriage. So I'm not sure exactly how it applied to him. But what I do know is that the analysis ended with them really mourning their decision, of course, to kill the other person in the relationship. And the other part of that is they couldn't enjoy one another and they really felt haunted by the other person and the guilt they felt. And I got a sense that they really did not have redemption and they didn't really embrace faith at any point in this and really try to to heal and to grow. They just lamented and let it ruin them. And it was a Romeo and Juliet kind of an ending. But I will say that what really was fascinating to me and why I was really glad I pushed through was, yeah, part of it was just connecting with what my dad thought was a great piece of literature. Part of it was connecting with be sure your sins will find you out, that you can't escape. Even my dad became a stronger Christian at the end of his life. He was not as much religious zealot or anything. And he wanted me to know, you know, this is one of those books that you have to remember is true to life. But the thing that I really, really let get into my soul was that the people in the book actually started to really mourn what they didn't have in the personality type of the other person. And the wife who had killed her husband started to compare her dead husband to her new husband and find all these things about him that she really did like. So that was part of the mourning process was realizing that She had really loved him, but taken him for such granted. And thank you for hanging in with me through that analogy, because it's really important that you understand that instead of deciding you can't celebrate one another and deciding that you're just going to be cruel and unforgiving, which I'm not saying you do this, but I know sometimes in our heart of hearts, we just get upset and we feel jealous or we feel angry. So it, it, it does happen sometimes. So if that does resonate with you, please remember the grass is not greener on the other side. I'm speaking to anyone with a relationship to four, one, five, three, anyone with that four tendency. I have a four in my tri-type. I mean, so many of us can relate on that level of what is it like out there? And should I be celebrating this marriage that doesn't even really fulfill me all the way? And you do have to remember at the end of the day, which sadly the characters in the the film and the book never really got that God is really the ultimate source of satisfaction and working with your whole heart towards your goals to make the world a better place. And then blending those gifts with your family and their gifts and your spouse, that's a lot safer and better way 
to really celebrate life versus just putting it all into this one romantic, passionate experience. So I did want to let you guys know that that was another important thing to remember to celebrate the opposites about you guys. Another struggle besides the negative self-fulfilling prophecies and the saying we're too different and I need somebody different from that person that we need to remember when we're getting ready or even preventing ourselves from celebrating well is we need to remember just the principle of stopping to celebrate in the middle because we know that life is a long journey and sometimes you're like, well, we are going to after quarantine have this trip in the next two years or We are going to hopefully get better after we do marriage coaching, so maybe then we can celebrate, and there's this long-term, faded, fuzzy possibility that really doesn't get you guys anywhere, and you really need to realize celebrating along the way and celebrating the small stuff is what life is all about. I know that I, as a seven, have been pretty good about that over the years, but I can get caught up in that too. Sometimes I've done it really well, and I want you to think about times when you've celebrated the small stuff really well. That's great. I want you to go back to that. And sometimes I can just forget it too. I can breeze right past. And what's so important is that you really do honor what success means to your marriage, not the next person over, like I said, But to you guys, if you did something great, celebrate it. Recently, I had two different couples this week tell me we had a good couple of weeks between our sessions. We didn't fight at all. We laughed together. And that really made me happy to hear that they were celebrating those little things. And they had some big things in their lives, one of the couples did, where they were celebrating with a symbol and a token. And I want to remind you to do that whether you're clinking a glass of sparkling water or wine clink it. Make sure you have some fun and celebrate the small stuff. Celebrate things like applying for new jobs, not just that you get it, but saying, oh my goodness, I applied for every single job that I wanted to, and now I leave it in God's hands. And I am celebrating that by having that glass of wine or getting to read that novel that I've been putting off and consider it a celebration in your marriage too. If you guys make those little successes or the big successes, I think one of the most important things though, is that you define what success looks like to you because you can see on Instagram or social media all day long, what success looks like to somebody else. But when you stop to really consider it, are you willing to go to those links? Maybe you see somebody who's really not like you at all, and yet you're looking at their marriage to define what success is, and they're out in another state doing a kind of life that you'll never do and really wouldn't even do if you could do that life, but you keep watching them. So instead of that, I want you to do this little assignment with me where you think and ask yourself and your spouse this week, what does success look like to us and how will we celebrate it along the journey? And then I want you guys to write it out over the next couple of months where you line up a little chart, could be in your phone, on a piece of paper, but just line it up and say, in two weeks, this is what's gonna happen in another two weeks. And these little two-week increments over the next few months and celebrate the journey so that you guys can really have something to look forward to, whether it be Chinese takeout or maybe you're quarantined, you're feeling safe to get out and venture out a little bit, whatever it is, make sure you enjoy it. It's something you like and it's something your spouse likes or you alternate things you both like, but marriage is part of the celebration of life. So don't forget, it doesn't have to be a special anniversary in order to celebrate. I just don't want you to forget 
celebrating. And I heard a really great message this week from Jasmine Starr on that. I don't know if any of you follow her. She's a photographer and a three and very gifted with inspiring people. And I really enjoyed one of her recent podcasts on making sure that she celebrates when she has a business goal and making sure that as a a worker that you don't do the same thing, that you don't forget what your goal is in mind. If you're anything like my husband, his success story is getting to be at home every night for dinner. He's a one, he's traditional, he loves to be home and to eat dinner together and tell us stories and play with the kids and then go with me and watch a show. We've been watching This Is Us Lately reruns or all of us watching The Office using VidAngel, which has some great filters and we're just having fun, but he loves those rituals and I'm going to watch Dude Perfect with him soon. That was something over Father's Day that I was like, guess what? I'm going to watch Dude Perfect with you and this is part of your gift and he was so happy and it was really one of the experiential parts of his gift because you know how sevens are. We're like, what experiential thing can we do in him too? So, but he wanted a country time and crack barrel breakfast and I got this picture framed that he's been waiting to get framed because he hasn't been able to go to Michael's just because as you guys know, Michael's has been closed for months to get this picture properly framed. And as a seven, I would have thrown the picture in another frame and just like left it. And he's like, no, we need the right frame. So I got it for him. And I'm excited that he didn't have to do that errand that he couldn't do. And Michael's was just opened in our area. So it was perfect. But you have to work with your spouse's personality type and you have to celebrate the little things because if you don't, life will pass you by and you will never get to that destination because you'll always be thinking ahead and you'll never stop to be present. And please know that I get it out of all people as a future thinking type. It is so hard for me to stop and celebrate the now and especially hard for me to celebrate the past. It's not quite as hard for some of you though. I know a third of you like to think about the past and a third of you like to think about the present. So this should be a little more natural for you, but especially for you threes, eights, and sevens out there. You know, sometimes you have to just white knuckle it and say, okay, this was hard, but I really want to make sure my spouse feels loved. So one of the things I had to do for that this week was Wes had given me for our anniversary a travel adventure book like from the movie Up. And if you saw my Instagram stories, it was so funny because we both got each other Up themed gifts. And I don't know if there was any kind of like, I'm such a skeptic sometimes that I'm like, did one of us see or have an impression of the other one doing that? And he just took it all on faith. He's like, I can't believe it that it was both of us doing this. And I'm like, I know it's so weird. So we both did the up gifts and his was a, well, part of his was this picture album that we started back in 2004 together. He had bought it for me and he had put a bunch of pictures of us with quotes that were really romantic, a lot like actually the romantic quotes that I put on the Enneagram and Marriage Instagram. And I was noticing that I'm like, oh, I do that. And he put all these pictures of us traveling through the years. And every time I have seen this book in my shelf, after now our daughter's going to be 15, after all these years of having kids, and she was born in 05. So the year after he gave me that, I remember thinking like, oh, we still need to put pictures in that. And that one side of me that was nagging myself was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been so long. And this is a symbol of how life gets so stressful. And just that 
moment where you would think and get caught in that negative spiral sometimes of, you know, this is our marriage and this is how hard we're working on it. Really, we're not at all. And it's like, that's not true at all. But just you get in that framework sometimes and you think we haven't really put the work in and it's okay because we'll probably get those pictures later. But it's like, and plus we have done a lot of work on our marriage. I have to reiterate that, that you don't think I'm just like, oh, we haven't worked on our marriage since 2004. Um, (laughs) You're like, why are you doing a marriage podcast? But A, I have problems too. I'm not perfect just because I'm doing a marriage podcast and I have a marriage ministry. And B, we have been working at it. So there, my six wing is explaining all this to you. But I also want to say that what was so funny is he gave me this as a gift filled with a hundred more pictures. And it was really meaningful, but then he wanted to go to dinner and look through each picture. And as a seven, as somebody in the thinking triad, it was very uncomfortable for me And I won't even say thinking triad because like sixes really love that kind of a thing. Fives might be interested in the memories. They like to look at things from the past more. But as a seven, I'm just like, oh, but I thought we were going to talk about our trips to the Florida Keys. You know, it's like I had the classic I'm I'm here, but I'm not here thing going on. And he was just like, let's talk about this. And so I knew it in my heart that that was the right thing to do. He didn't have to convince me at all. In fact, I opened the book up. He brought it to the dinner and I'm like, let's go ahead and look. And it was really sweet. It was really good to look back and see at all these different points, the fun connections we'd made since 2004 and before, since we started dating in 1996, there was eight years and then there was all these other years of fun things we've done over the years together. And it was really meaningful. And that's what he wanted out of our date was a meaningful time to say, wow, we've been married 19 years and look at all the meaningful things we've done and look at what a wonderful team we are. And that is beautiful because it's literally honoring the journey as part of the celebration instead of just planning future celebrations. So I tell you that story because it might be something that you think about, like maybe we can't celebrate the future because we don't know what the future holds, but we can celebrate the good things we've already done together as a couple. And he had so many fun things in there. We've a couple of years ago, I wrote a show for a murder mystery dinner train, and he used to teach in the projects on the south side of Chicago at an all-black boys' school, and he had to take two buses and a train to get there every day, and that was one season of our lives before he was a PA, and there was pictures from his graduations and mine, and there were pictures of us pregnant with different kids, and just different pictures of when we got our first home and then our final home. And that kind of sounds cryptic, but our home that we live in now, and especially as a seven, that sounds cryptic where I'm like, wait a minute, how long am I going to live in this home? I really love it, but do give me an escape hatch. So anyway, it was really hard for me to see and really good. So I really appreciate you guys hanging in with me as we literally have been talking about the intricacies of what can stop us from celebrating well. If we're hanging on to the past too much, if we're hanging on like me to the future too much, if you're so present focused, but like a one or a six, you're only thinking about worries or criticisms. And there you are more like that Therese Rakeen going, oh, if only my spouse were this way, I could celebrate them. Or it's not worth it to celebrate because we don't have anything in common. So I really want you to make sure that you do understand the gifts that the different varied personalities between you bring. Understand that those that are more satisfied in their marriages, which celebrate better, have better work habits. So you guys are going to move farther in the world together. 
I also want you to know incompatibility is a mathematical certainty. You can't be perfectly compatible with any other human being, but you can be quite compatible. You can be willing to lean in, listen. You can be willing to forgive. And we've talked about that in different episodes. And you can have those positive expectations in advance of the event, like Brian Tracy said. So please make sure that you celebrate well. And I also want you, in addition to taking some time to think about what celebrations you guys can make over the next few months, I want you to intentionally be romantic. Like I said on our whole romancing episode, I want you to make sure that you really take time to think, how can I really do a caper or a fun surprise for my spouse so that they really feel loved? And that just really blesses them. That made my husband feel so loved last weekend on our anniversary when As you already heard me talk about the book, you may have seen us on our IG stories where I was giving him the balloons from up and I had a little gift attached on the inside and I videotaped because he loves videos so much. He even makes videos, as I've mentioned before, and I videoed the kids and I trying to make sure that he would get the gift in the right way. And as a one, he's like, yes, the right way. He loved that. And he also had to take a lot of patient calls that weekend because he was on call So we kept saying, hey, can you go in the next room? We're working on your gift. And it really just put him in good spirits to be thought of. So think about what your spouse loves and even preparing for the celebration, which can be very simple, can make them feel so loved. And so you get more out of it that way too. When you say, hey, can you go in the next room? Because I'm working on something for you. So much fun to bring the kids into several aspects of it too, even though we went to dinner without them and obviously had our own times too. It was really fun to let them see their parents love each other. Your kids go through the blood, sweat, and tears with you, so make sure they're part of these celebrations too. Don't let it go by where you just say, you know what, I don't always get along with your mother or father, so therefore we don't celebrate. Make sure they see this is exactly why we celebrate. Marriage is hard work and we deserve to celebrate. And just don't forget, like Jasmine Starr said, to clink those glasses. Don't forget, Therese Rakeen, you have a great life with your person where you have to work things out and have a hard time sometimes, but it's worth it. Don't forget to make sure that you, if you want to have symbols in your home of your Enneagram types, that you check out Elisa Taylor Designs, either the contest we're doing and share with me your anniversary or celebratory ways of doing things, or that you just go to the website that we give you in the show notes for Elisa's products because, and they're on my IG as well, you'll see those beautiful symbols of who you are in each Enneagram type. And she has every single one that we lined up with the Bible verses that you need to remember about your spouse. And you need to remember different ways that you can love them. And it's all there in a beautiful piece that you can frame. And it's very inexpensive, or you can go ahead and enter the contest. And don't forget also that next week we're going to be revisiting our Enneagram 3s. I'm so happy about that. It's a nice episode that we recorded a while ago, and we get to hear Olivia's voice, and I get to see her fairly soon. And I hope that you guys have such a good week. And I truly, truly, truly want to hear about your celebrations. So keep me posted, and I will talk with you guys soon. Bye.